and welcome to the League of Logic podcast, a podcast where you can learn how to think for yourself. And we encourage you to look for the truth. We want you to understand and know it. If you want to learn more about who we are and what we're doing and, and what we, how we started, check out our website, leagueoflogic.com. Inside the website, you will find some study tools that cover some of the basic topics that are the foundation of our conversations. Also find a contact page where you can send us a comment or a question. Please do. We would love to hear from you. If you want to support what we were doing, then please like, subscribe, follow, hit whatever button you got to push to keep up with the podcast or video channel if you're watching the video. Thank you again for listening to the League of Logic podcast. Now get ready for a much-needed conversation about truth. Sound good. It didn't. I'm still about half, seventy percent what I was. <laughs> Independence. Y'all were having a great weekend so far. You gonna take the day off tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go yep. to work. Got to work to stay independent. <laughs> Independence. You gonna watch uh, the Will Smith movie? Nah. I don't even think I own that own that movie. Your dad does, and we have it at our house if you want to borrow it. Uh, there you go. <laughs> we may borrow it sometime because I don't think Michaela's ever seen it. What? Yeah. There's a lot of things that surprise me that Michaela hasn't seen. I'm like, <laughs> how? Was she homeschooled? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. There's no excuse then. I was. Gonna I get that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Gee, if you ever mess up, you could just be like, "Well, I'm homeschooled." homeschooled. <laughs> yeah. You didn't know that, Brian. Well, I'm homeschooled. I'm a homeschool. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> Cut me some slack. AKA extremely sheltered. <laughs> I don't know, but I think Brian's homeschool though was way different than most people's homeschool though. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. Truthfully saying like, I'm homeschooled means I'm not brainwashed. It's like, I'm yeah, that's not what it means. That's what it means. I mean, it's one of, you know, a lot of people's homeschool is like, you know, Billy is sitting in the house all day long and that's all he's doing and mom's feeding him cheesy poofs and stuff and he's really big. Brian's <laughs> homeschool is like, all right, hurry up and get your lessons so you can go outside and, you know, chop all this wood or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> go to work, son. So, yeah, one example of a field trip day was – we're driving over to aunt and uncle's house and loading up a moving truck for him. Perfect. <laughs> Field trip. Wow. It counts. <laughs> he using inertia. Getting some work done today. <laughs> Objects in motion tend to stay in motion. Did you even get ice cream on the way back? No. Wow. No. Wow. Didn't get to stop at a kiosk and spend your parents $20. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> oh man. Just straight there. We did go straight to some back. actual really cool field trips though. We did do that occasionally. Yeah. I definitely think there's a way to that you can do homeschooling that it's very, very helpful, way better than public school or charter school or private school. 
and but it takes a lot of discipline on the parents' part, and that's what a lot of parents just don't have. It, it's, it does. Yeah. It takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. During the Rona, when they sent the kids home, that's so we got Sarah there, and we're trying to do. They even had to. I mean, it wasn't like I had to do anything. They just had courses prepared, but every forty-five minutes or so, I would have to change out something for Sarah. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, you had to like be there. That was just that was the easy. They had done all the work for me. If you were doing the homeschool yourself, it's that and some. So, oh, they forgot being, the coffee. Being pot, homeschooled, what I made up for in education, I uh, I lacked in communication. Mm-hmm. Almost didn't get married because I didn't. I wasn't very communicable. <laughs> uh, that doesn't really matter, dude. I barely got married myself. <laughs> now went to private school. I think my wife saw it as a challenge to make me talk. <laughs> yeah, there, there you go. Yeah, I went to public school and I Thank ended you. up getting married twice. So there you go. So you're way better <laughs> off, dude. My marriage story is so ridiculous. Like, first off. I told my wife, well, I made her tell me that she liked me. And then I was just like, nah, I don't reciprocate. (laughs) (laughs) And just like abandoned the cause for like five to six months and didn't talk to her. She got all bitter. (laughs) And then I was like, you know what? Michaela is a really good option. And so that's option. So I'm telling you, man, once you hear this story, you're like, how in the world did Andrew get married? It was by the grace of God. And let me tell you something. His fingers are sore from moving things in my life. <laughs> and Michaela is like, she's got to be an angel. Right? Yeah. yeah. She's your, she's a signed guardian angel to Andrew. She's got no choice, right? There yep. she is. Yep. <laughs> Michaela's definitely a garden guardian and angel. She is super awesome. It was super funny. I'm, like last Christmas, we had some little gift thing where you're, you're unwrapping it with oven mitts and there's like quarters and funny notes and like gifts inside this big wrapping thing. And as we're all doing it, there's like some quarters that fly out. And Michaela's like, here, get some quarters. You can use it for your carts at Aldi's. <laughs> <laughs> this is ridiculous. But anyways, I came back and I was like, hey, start talking to Michaela. And for somehow there was still a little bit of a bridge that I was able to walk across. But instead of jumping straight into a relationship like a normal person, I was like, all right, Michaela has gone from nobody in my life to I need to keep up with her at least once every three weeks. And I stuck very close to that rigid schedule. (laughs) Like I would not talk to her at all except one time during that three weeks. And she was like, what is happening? Because that happened for like the whole school semester. And every now and then I'd, I'd be like, you know what? She's now moved up to a level seven friend in which I need to keep up with her once every two weeks. <laughs> and just kept moving her up. She got so bitter, so angry. I still think that it bugs her. But somehow we made it. Crazy story. <clears throat> Dedicated woman. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Once my wife and I started talking, when we first started seriously talking. Like talking, talking? Talking, talking. Uh We talked every day since. Never missed a day. Even now? Even now. We talk to each other every day. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? (laughs) Oh, man. 
Yeah. I got so many stories about the stupid stuff I've done. <laughs> so I got a story. I'll just go ahead and jump into my story. All right. I, I discovered this this week. I would not say I'm a history buff, but I, I am fascinated about World War II history and some of the military stuff. Uh, this week, I uh, learned about the USS Samuel B. Roberts, or is also called the Sammy B. It is a naval warship. I believe it's technically classified as a frigate. Um, but um, it was a smaller size battleship. It, it wasn't a full size. It wasn't meant for the front line. It was uh, it was to accompany other ships. Um, an escort. That, escort. That's the word. It was an escort. And it had uh, radars and sonars. It had more of that communication system on it. It still had some guns. Had uh, only uh, three torpedo shoots, and I think the bigger ones had like ten. Um, but, um, it was there with two other boats. Um, I forget the name of, I should have wrote that down, but, uh, it was with its other boats. It was escorting and they found themselves running into the Japanese fleet and found itself in the heat of the battle. And it came against these three larger ships including one that was 10 times its size. And uh, the captain of the Sammy B was Captain Robert W. Copeland, realized what situation he was in, that it, you know, it was, he decided it was all or nothing. So what he did is he put it full speed ahead, all, the, all of the power of the boat munitions toward this one ship that was 10 times its size, and took it down, but ended up sinking in this battle, losing 89 members of the crew. Um, the captain, however, survived along with 135 of the rest of the crew. And in this battle of, it was the Battle of Late Gulf, I think was the name of it, the battle. This was in October 25th, 1944. This past week, they found the wreckage of this boat in the uh, Philippine Sea and is now the deepest found shipwreck that ever recorded at almost 23,000 feet. And uh, so I thought that was, a, that was a pretty interesting thing that I found this week, and I was thinking about this. I thought about those 89 members of the crew how they gave their life in battle for the freedom that we have today. And that's what we're celebrating this weekend is freedom. Mm -hmm. And this is only one small scenario of many, many others that have given their lives. Countless men and women have given their lives for the freedom that we have today. And we have, an amazing privilege of what we have today. And it's something, I know it's not Memorial Day, but I think Memorial Day and Independence Day go hand in hand because I, I can't, you know, think about the freedom we have without thinking about those that have given their lives. Yeah, agreed. It's, it was a, a great price and something I don't think we should forget. 
And I think about that physical freedom that we have. We also have an amazing spiritual freedom, which is even greater than that. Jesus went to battle for us, paid the ultimate price on the cross, and won our spiritual freedom. Now we have freedom in Christ. The world may look at believers and think it's oxymoronical that you know you give you surrender your life to Jesus, but now you have freedom. It's true. Mm-hmm. Here's a couple of verses that talk about freedom. Galatians five one. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Second Corinthians three seventeen. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. John eight thirty two. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John eight thirty six. If the Son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. Galatians five thirteen. For brethren, ye have not been called ye have been called unto liberty. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. So that's where my thoughts have gone this week in regard to liberty and freedom. Our founding fathers kind of based a lot of things on, I know one of those verses anyhow. Um, <clears throat> I did do a little bit of studying this week, got a little bit in. And I don't want to be like the guys kicking a dead horse or whatever. But every past few podcasts, you know, we've, I don't even know if you really call it a debate, debate or not, but we've debated some of these issues about guns and self-defense and the founding of America. Um, I think one of the questions that we were left with on the table was, although we see in the Old Testament where we given the right to self-defense, where do we find it in the New Testament? And that's kind of what I was looking at. Because it is important to understand, to me, that America acted in self-defense. They didn't bring on their independence by force. They acted in self-defense. And was that God's will or was that a blessing from God or not? I'm going to kind of back up, if you all bear with me for a little bit, Exodus 22.2. And it's a verse that we talked about. If a thief be found breaking up and be smitten that he die, there shall no blood be shed for him. This is the old law in the Old Testament. Where do we find this in the New Testament? I mean, did Jesus or disciples talk about any of this? We also talked about the, uh, the verse where Jesus told his disciples to go sell their stuff and get swords. And that's used a lot of times for people to defend carrying arms. And I'd made a comment that's taken out of context. And I kind of want to confirm that. But there's a lesson in it. Luke twenty two thirty six. Then this is Jesus. Then he said unto them, But now he hath a pur- he that hath have a purse, let him take it. And likewise his script. And he that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. Well, they had two, ended up with two swords, and Jesus said, that's enough. That's a strange thing to say. Two swords is enough. 
The reason Jesus said that is because it was prophesied in Isaiah fifty three twelve. Therefore, will I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out a soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Um, transgressors here in Hebrew means to break away from just authority, to trespass, revolt, a rebel. So Jesus was prophesied to be counted among the rebels. This was the purpose of the swords. About the same time that Jesus was born, they had Jews that refused to pay taxes, and they were attacking Roman soldiers on, on trade routes, and they were called rebels because they were rebelling against Roman authority. This is the people Jesus was prophesied to be accompanied with. And it was the purpose of the swords. Jesus even told his disciples this. He said, for I say unto you that this is that it is written, must ye be accomplished in me. Talking to his disciples, they're going to accomplish this in him. And he was reckoned among the transgressors, among the rebels, for the things concerned me have an end. They knew up front, before Peter ever drew the sword, the purpose of the swords. Jesus had told them. We like to think that Peter was uh, defending Jesus when he cut the ear off of the soldier. But that's that's not what it was. And the things that Jesus said, if we, if we understand it in the true context, we understand more about what Jesus said to Peter about defense or self-defense and truth. If Peter knew that the reason they were carrying the swords, which he had to, because Jesus told him he acted in the offense, not the defense. He was the attacker. He was not defending anyone. And it's kind of stated here. And, and you can understand the context of what Jesus said in Matthew 26, 52. Then Jesus said unto him, Put up again the sword in its place, for all that they take the sword shall perish by the sword. Jesus is teaching Peter a lesson right there. If you act in the offense and attack someone, they're going to retaliate. There's going to be a self-defense. Exactly what he's saying. He means if you take action, there's going to be a reaction. And then he chastises Peter and says, what are you thinking? Matthew 26, 53, thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my father and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? I don't need defense. I don't need your offense. That, that's why he chastised him there because Peter was in the wrong. The lesson that we take from that, and we talked about it, it's not a sin to carry a weapon for defense. If it were true, then Jesus would have never told him to get the swords because there's no way Jesus was going to cause his disciples to sin. So the two lessons that we learn in that whole thing is that we don't carry weapons to be on the offense. We carry weapons to be on the defense and it's not sinful to carry weapons. Right. So if we move on to the new Testament, Matthew five thirty eight. You have heard that it has been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. 
But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. We've done it in this podcast, and I've heard it a bunch of times. If somebody attacks you, you're supposed to turn the other cheek. And I think you said something about this is a relationship between a brother and a brother. That's taken out of context also. That you resist not evil means do not return evil for evil. Whoever smites you on the right cheek, turn to him to also is also is speaking about offensive insults. It was well known among the Jews, um, and they had a term saying giving a cheek. In Lamentations 3, Jeremiah wrote about the suffering of the Jews in Babylon captivity. He explained that the Jewish captives should offer his cheek to the one who would strike him and be filled with disgrace. In other words, they should receive their insult. This was an offensive insult. We also have plenty of documentation, and even Josephus wrote about this, that the Roman soldiers would backhand the Jews. It was like spitting on them. They'd hit them with the backs of their hands specifically. Pow. It was basically like talking about your mother. You know, it was it was off and smack them with the glove. It was nothing more than than an insult or throwing a glass of water on somebody. It wasn't about violence. It wasn't about hitting somebody. That's that's all it was. And the scripture that we read about that to turn the other cheek is kind of what we learn in kindergarten is sticks and stones may break my bones. You know what I'm saying? The thing that's funny to me about that, about the insults, the Bible teaches us not to turn to violence because we've been offended or insulted is what it's teaching us. But it also doesn't say to bow down, to run away, to cry. Stand the other cheek means if someone insults you, offends you to your face, you stand there and you take it like a man and you give them the other cheek. That's like saying, are you done yet? That's what that whole verse is about. It's about not taking vengeance. Romans twelve seventeen, Recompense to no man, evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of men. If it be possible, this is Paul speaking, if it be possible, as much as lieth in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Paul is talking about the old law here, guys, about self-defense. And he says, if it be possible. In other words, if you can talk down the situation, talk it down. But if a man's there to kill you, harm you, take your possessions, many times it's not possible. There's nowhere in the New Testament that says that you cannot defend yourself. The context of the New Testament says if it's not gonna if the person is not going to hurt you in a bodily way, it's not gonna hurt your family, if it's an insult, don't retaliate. Vengeance is God's. If you're in a situation where you have to draw a gun on somebody, if you can talk down the situation, if you can, if there's any way possible you can get out of it, get out of it. But if not, you got to do what you got to do. That's what the New Testament tells us. Both Jesus and Paul both 
speak about that Old Testament law and how we're supposed to conduct ourselves. To confirm some of that, Luke eleven twenty one. when a strong man, fully armed, guards his own house, his possessions are safe. What in the world could that be talking about if it wasn't talking about being armed in self-defense? Matthew twenty four forty three. but I understand this. If an owner of a house had known at what time the night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would have not let his house been broken into. He would have guarded his house. How are you going to do that? Mm-hmm. Romans twelve nineteen goes back again and re- reiterates the same things that Jesus and Paul taught. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath, for it is written. Leave room for God's wrath. In other words, if you do not have to shoot that guy, let God handle it. If the guy's already gotten away with the crime, let him go. Don't go out and try to get him. That's the context of the Old Testament and the New Testament. So this being Independence Day, why this is important to me, when we celebrate independence, it's important that we understand that America was not on the offense. We had a new world that people could freely leave, take a chance, and get away. And those who wanted to get away from spiritual tyranny (coughs) under the Roman Catholic Church and the king took that opportunity, and they made a compact with God on the Mayflower. They paid their taxes. They did what they were supposed to, but their government would not take care of them. They had no military presence. They had no government benefits. They had no representation in parliament. They had to create their own governments. Yet the king wanted them to pay for the wars. That's what they opposed. And they made it verbal. They petitioned their king. But their king retaliated. And they tried to talk down the situation. They sent him the olive branch. So we don't want war. We don't want to fight you. We're not asking to break from Britain. We want to settle this in a, in a civil manner. But the king would not even read it. He pushed it to the side and said, slaughter them all. And he sent the army here. And these men took up arms to defend themselves, to defend their families. And that God had to be involved because the underdog won. Those that didn't have a, any really chance won their independence, but by force. They didn't, they didn't ask for that. And I think as Christians, I'm going to say this because really Andrew pretty much got on me and says, why don't you say things out loud? Or you need to say it out loud if that's how you feel. I believe that America is much like the promised land. Israel, God's chosen people were given the promised land and they pretty much threw it away. I think Sodom and Gomorrah, if we we talk about that and the cities around it, if you read about Sodom and Gomorrah, it was compared to the Garden of Eden. It was a beautiful land and God gifted it to the people and they turned it into a, a wicked cesspool. I truly believe God gave the Gentiles, the New Testament church, America. Absolutely. Freedom, man. Freedom from spiritual tyranny. 
Our government was set up. We are not, I get tired of hearing democracy, democracy, democ. We are not a democracy. We are a constitutional republic. Mm -hmm. Our constitution was not written as a law for man. It is not the law of the land for man. It is a law for the government to govern the government, to limit the government. Anytime things go to the Supreme Court and they turn to the Constitution, it is to say whether or not the government has reached outside their limits. And then when they reach outside their limits, they say, no, government, you can't do that. Roe versus Wade. The Supreme Court said the government, we have reached outside our limits because there is no constitutional right written in the Constitution for abortion. When the they shot down a New York gun law. It's because they, they impeded on the people's rights. It's to regulate the government. We have no king in America. That's right. Our king is God. Yep. Period. And the church has set back and said, politics are bad. We don't need to be involved. This constitution, our bill of rights, was all written based upon separation of church and state being the government cannot impede on the church, but the church can influence the government because the government is the people, right? God is the King. And I feel like the church has not stood up for God when it comes to government. We've not defended Jesus Christ as our King. I think this. I hope this independence day that we start doing that. We realize where our independence came from. It was a gift from God, a blessing from God. We need to stand up for that. The church does. We need to defend her. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how I feel about it. But anyhow, I'm done. Makes perfect sense to me. It It is, it is something different because there is nothing else set up like America. And so... The only thing that uh, the only thing that I really thought about this week concerning the whole thing was is that you know we always let the Bible reign supreme, and when the Bible tells us to be subject to the authorities that are over us, then we have to go to the authorities that are over us. And what is that? And that becomes our Constitution, and it spells out very specifically in there how our governing authorities will work. And our governing authorities are the people. And so we're, we're not breaking Scripture by following what our governing authorities are. And so you can't, in one breath, say, follow the Bible, but quit reading the Constitution. What, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. You can't say, follow the Bible and treat America like we rule, have rulers. Because we don't. It's not supposed to be that way. And it's uh it's disheartening to me sometimes that we don't defend it more. It's just like those children of Israel in Canaan were given a land and um they had to defend it sometimes, right? It came under attack. Just as a side note, that's one of the reasons why you know that Canaan crossing over Jordan is not a picture of people making it to heaven. It's a picture of people making it to salvation, mm-hmm. right? God gives you salvation, but there's still wars. You're still going to be fighting. You have to. You have to fight to defend your ground and your territory. You can't let the devil come in and take up strongholds. 
That's what we have happening in our country right now. We have That's the devil moving in, taking up strongholds. And we're we've been convinced that if we were to fight back against that, they were going against scripture. And that's the saddest lie I've ever heard, you know, to be honest with you. You got something that God has given you and, and you can't defend it. I, I I just don't I don't get it. And uh but you're absolutely right. We came into existence from a point of defense, not offense. And we tried to defuse the situation. More than once. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, when they finally, this Declaration of Independence that, we, that we're that we celebrating this week, July the 4th. Man, I just, if you don't do anything else, just read it. Because, I mean, I, I, I would I'd be willing to bet that there's a vast majority of the people in the United States right now who have never read it. All of it. It's not that long. And and it lists out all the things that the king had done where they had asked, please do this. Please, hey, we don't want this. And in fact, I mean, in like in the closing statements, in every stage of these oppressions, we have petitioned for redress in the most humble terms. Our people were trying. Look, man, all these things you're, you're doing that's wrong, we need just, we need to work it out. Our repeated petitions have been answered only by repeated injury. Mm-hmm. And so a prince whose character is thus marked by every act, which may be defined as a tyrant, is unfit to be the ruler of a free people. Then, nor have we been wanting in attention of our British brethren. They're not even mad at the British people. Mm-hmm. We have warned them from time to time of attempts by their legislation to extend an unwarrantable jurisdiction over us. We have reminded them of the circumstances of our immigration and settlement here. See, they they were going against the agreement we had to move over here in the first place. We have appealed to their native justice and, and magnanimity, and we have conjured them by the ties of our common kindred to disavow these usurpations, which would inevitably interrupt our connection and correspondence. They, too, have been deaf to the voice of just, Even the British people weren't listening to us. We're trying to tell them. Here it is. We must, therefore, um, uh, let's see, acquiescence in this necessity, which denounce our separation and hold them as we hold the rest of the mankind, enemies in war, in peace, friends. So we left it up to them. We, therefore, the Republic of the United States of America, that, oh, wait a minute. We, therefore, this is important. We, therefore, the representatives not the leaders, not the rulers, the representatives of the United States of America and General Congress assembled appealing to the Supreme Judge of the world, wonder who that is, mm-hmm. for the uh, rectitude of our intentions do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies. Where did the, the people are in charge? Solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states, that they are absolved from all allegations, uh, allegiance to the British crown, and that all political connections between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that a free and independent state, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and to do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm alliance 
on the protection of the divine providence. <laughs> we manually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. And this wasn't this this wasn't written before the attack. No. This was after the fact. Yep. Well, part of the attacks are listed out inside the things that the king did wrong. You know, we we tried to do this, and he sent over here and tried to kill us. You know, we tried to do this, and he sent some more people. Independence Day, man, is um. Well, for the for the, just in general, the whole history of the United States, man. People don't know it. No. But we as Christians, we really, really, really need to start giving God a bunch of glory for it. Yeah, absolutely, and recognize what He did. It's it. When we read about Jericho and how those guys fought with a weapon in one hand and working with the other and knowing that God was going to fight with them, man, if you can't see that happening in America, that's exactly what happened. I I say it all the time. The Bible repeats itself. I think the story of America is just a repeat. We have examples of it in the Bible. But um, we we can't just dismiss the gift that God gave us. We, no. we really can't, and we're sitting back, and it's like we're almost, It's like turning your back on the king, man. The king is Jesus Christ. I mean, that's how this country set up people. Mm-hmm. Whether you like it or not, you believe in God or not, it doesn't matter. He is the king. Absolutely. Start reading your founding documents. Yep. And we don't need to turn our back on the king. We have to defend it. We, we, we got to start defending it. And that doesn't mean war in arms always. I mean, we need to turn to putting on the whole armor of God. We do this politically. Our our, our system is set up so we can do this civilly. Yep. That, that's the way we go first. And that is the possible way to do it. And if it does turn to where they attack us physically, well, yeah, we're going to have to defend ourselves. And our Constitution allows for that, too. I mean, this is it, yep. it's Following biblically based, man. It's all based on the Bible. So uh, you have to resist the evil, though. You have to. Yep, you have to resist the evil. The uh, ex- example we have in the Bible of Nehemiah, he got orders from uh, the highest power at that time that he was he had permission to rebuild, and it was the lower levels of government, if you will that had a problem with it. They kept running back and forth and threatening them. But they knew that there was a higher power that told them they could do it. And that's why they stood there with weapons while they worked, because they were going on the authority of the higher power, mm-hmm. not on the ones in between. We have the same thing happening here. If you want to do just government documents, if you will, or how we are supposed to be uh, subject to our government, we, we follow the highest one. And anything in between contrary to it, we're going to keep following the highest one, resist any evils. Our, our system was set up with the people being the government, mm-hmm. and the people make agreements that these are some rules, if you will, that we should follow, and we're absolutely subject to those. In fact, we follow those. Our concealed carry laws that we written as people follow Scripture. As long as those laws... Stay inside the confines right. of the Constitution. Uh, right, exactly. And and we're the ones that get to decide that. Yes, and that that's the whole abortion thing. Yeah. 
there's no constitutional right because there's no biblical right to abortion. Mm-hmm. And that's what the Supreme Court has said. So what did they do? They said that the government has turned around and made a right. And, and you cannot not. make that right because it's unconstitutional. They stepped outside their limits. So they kick it back to the states, to the people, which means, well, these the people have to decide whether it's okay or not. The government cannot do it. Right. We're outside of our limits in doing that. And some some group of people are going to decide that they want to do it. And yep. some groups of people are going to decide that they don't. But in the end, it comes down to what the people want. That's why we're divided up into little bitty sections, so we don't have. You know what I mean? We That's could, where it goes back to the states. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Our concealed carry laws. We taught it all the time. If you can get away, you need to get away. Retreat when retreat is possible. Yep. In fact, I told people all the time: never, don't even pull your gun out unless you don't have any other choice, because it's not a magic wand. Right? You're not. It's not like abracadabra. Please leave me alone. If it's that bad that you have to pull out your gun, you might as well just go ahead and start shooting. Yep. Because if it's not that bad and you pull out your gun, we have laws for that too. It's called, you know, you know, intimidation. It is a what is it called? Uh, crap, just lost it. it was I don't, know, I don't know. But if you carefully read what Jesus said to Peter, that's what that's Peter the same said. Thing. <laughs> yeah, it's terror. It's like terrorizing the public. You know, you yep. scare people to death because you're flashing a gun around. You can't do that either. You know yeah. what I mean? If you flash that thing, you better be ready to use it because somebody's coming back to defend themselves. It's all the it's it's yep. all based on the same things. And that's what makes America unique, <laughs> right? No other nation's been like this. Uh-uh. And I think that we're we're letting it slip into uh, slipping into a dark hole, man. Strongholds, you know, just like in your own spiritual life. Yeah. Uh, the devil cannot take any place from you that you don't give him. That's the truth about strongholds. Neither give place to the devil. He, he can't just walk up one day, say, oh, excuse me, I'm going to take this if you're resisting it. That's, the Bible says so. You have to give it over to him. Once he's set up camp as a stronghold, holy cow, man, now you got a job, right? If you want to get that stronghold out, that's going to take a lot of effort. Way more effort than it would be if you had resisted to start with. And I think the same thing manifests itself in the physical realm. It's a stronghold trying to be taken over by the devil. And it's happening slowly, subtly, just like the devil always works. Mm-hmm. And if you continue to let it in, I mean, once it's in there, buddy, there, I mean, just think about it. How hard would it be right now if, I know it's not going to happen, you know, we just got rid of Pride Month. What if, the people of the United States all stood up tomorrow and said, you know what, we don't agree with homosexuality and gay marriage. We think that that should not be a thing anymore. You think it would just go away in a day? No. It's a stronghold. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely a stronghold. And, and that's what that's the, that's the physical manifestation of the devil's strongholds that he has in the spiritual on us. I think about that, strongholds, think about, July 4th, 1776. The decision, well, the battle for independence, the battle over these strongholds, it starts in the mind in both situations. It starts, July 4th, 1776 was the declaration of independence for the country. Then the war happened right after that. You have to 
to fix a problem that we like what we're seeing around us with with um the perversion of of sex is you got it has to start in the mind to fix the problem it's a spiritual war we've talked about this in the past you've got to you've got to start it's like uh, jeremiah says if if my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways then shall i hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will hear heal their land starts with humbling yourself and praying mm-hmm. then turn from your wicked ways and it's got to be one in the mind you have to decide um i'm done with this to be able to even engage in the physical battle. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely. For me personally, that's the hardest part. <laughs> it <laughs> yeah, really is. It is a very hard part. Especially when you have all of the the buzz and the cloud of the the prince and the power of the air putting the message that he wants in your head. It's something that for those that are, you know, listening that are followers of Christ, you've probably noticed whenever you want to try to do something good for God, you're met with resistance. It's hard to do. It's hard to to keep your focus on it. It's it's just met with difficulty. And that's that's the spiritual battle that's going on. I'm just thankful that they were grounded enough to be able to make a stand and not be willing to to move or just comply when they knew that it was contrary to what it should be. Mm-hmm. We we do it now to an extent on smaller things. Um I've I'm constantly having, you know, many battles with the school system, even though it's a, it's a Christian school, but I mean even during COVID we had some things where they didn't want the kids to go to school unless you made them wear a mask that you didn't need to wear a mask. And I don't, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm, I really don't think it's good for a kid constantly to wear a mask. I think they've seen that now in the medical data. And so I don't know if I was the only parent that had an issue with it, but I know I was the only parent that actually said something about it. And, um, you know, little battles like that, you're like, uh, you know, that's that's all wonderful, but there's a great big scale here, man. We're not just talking about a mask thing. Mm-hmm. You know, as as our nation as a whole, if you're talking about how we were founded and formed, we have come a long way from that. And it's uh it's a it's really easy just to sit back and say, Well, I you know, it's too late. And it might be. But I don't think that's any excuse to not Stand, particularly when you know that it's right. We have a contract with God it's, when it comes to America. I mean, we really do. I don't think it's ever too late. I don't think so. No. But we, and, and it could be God's will that things go the way they're going, but I'm too small to understand that. I can't think for God or determine what God's will is or what he's thinking all i know is what i'm told to do and that's to continue 
keeping him king, defending him as king, mm-hmm. the fight for what's right spiritually, and if it comes down to physically. But there's plenty of means that we have as Americans to not get into the physical altercations, even though we like to talk about it and think about it a lot. But we do have the Supreme Court, and we, we've seen here recently where it's prevailed. I mean, that's a that's a... That's a great thing, man. Yeah. You know, we really need to be excited about this. Um, That's one of the things that you, you know, you can thank Trump for that, for putting those people on there. But even if you think back to him as president, because he had ter- lots of flaws, but one of the things that Trump knew that a lot of the last presidents did not know, or at least acknowledge, Trump would always tell you, hey, I work for you guys. You know, this is about you the people you know we the people need our country back away from these evil people that are in there right now and he's got sense to said a hundred times he said it over and over and over in america we do not worship government we worship god right and god we trust mm-hmm. period yeah and it's the way it was set up somebody please save me talk <laughs> <laughs> i'm done with this stuff <laughs> Yeah, I'm just how much how grateful do you have to be or how ungrateful do you have to be to live in a country like this and still ignore God? And so, I mean, that is part of our problem, right? Uh, We talked about it when I've been to Brazil with them and Autumn was the first one to mention it. And I thought, man, that's the that is the most brilliant thing I've ever heard in my life. When she talked about the, the two different ways that our countries were established, how Brazil was established based on Catholicism and slavery and how America was established based on biblical principles and individuals worshiping God. And she says, and that's, that is why America was blessed by God is because we followed him in the beginning. And that is why Brazil has always struggled with darkness because it was started in darkness. And she said, and the problem that Americans have right now is that all the blessings that God has allowed them to have have become their curse. Because we look around and we have all these things and all this money and all this stuff that most of the world doesn't have, and we think that we deserve it. We think, oh, we're great, or like we did something to be able to get it. And we we lose the acknowledgement that it was a blessing from God. Sodom and Gomorrah. Exactly. And it's, I mean, the Bible tells you, what is it that you have that was not given to you? And the answer is nothing. God gave it all to us, mm-hmm. but we are such a spoiled people that we fail to acknowledge that. Maybe that's the first part of when you start to humble yourself and realize, I didn't do anything to get this stuff. God let me have it. Exactly. And when God let me have it and gave it to me, he's requiring me to be a good steward over it. I believe he entrusted us with it. And so what am I going to do then to make sure that I don't waste what it is that God has given me? Mm-hmm. He's put us in a space that we can say what we want to say. We pretty much can do what we want to do. What do we do with that? Put us in a place where we could be the light of the nations, the light of the world, mm-hmm. spread the gospel. And uh, I don't know. I don't know why we've. And when I say the church, I'm talking about the body of Christ as a whole. Uh, I just don't understand why we've looks so far down on this nation. I mean, it's not realize what it actually is. 
I don't know. I don't know where it comes from. It Satan's where it comes from. But how have we been so deceived? And I'm part of that group too. Now I'm oh, not saying too. it's outside. Me I'm, too. I've had, I've done my fair share of this too. I constantly lose sight of the fact that there's nothing that I have that I did not get on my own. Mm-hmm. I lose sight of that all the time because I get so comfortable with it. I think that these men back then, when they're you know, we're, they're setting up a new place. I think one of the beautiful things about it is that they were at a spot where they had no choice but to de- be dependent upon God for the outcome. Sometimes that's where we got to get, you know what I mean? For those that can can see it, I think that this it's like the being on the watchtower. You got to start firing off the warning. Hey, y'all are losing sight of what we are. You're getting comfortable with where you're at. You're allowing the devil to come in and take up strongholds, and it doesn't even bother you because it hadn't impacted you directly. But what you don't know is that we are all in this together. And so you think, well, I'm not gay. Who cares what they do? I think it's impacted us directly, though. You look <laughs> well, at, it has. You look at the COVID stuff that shut down churches, man. That That is so unconstitutional. We didn't stand up for the Constitution, mm-hmm. which is a gift that God gave us. You know, I've said that over and over again. We lost a great opportunity there to be a witness. Yep. A great opportunity. We missed that one altogether. Are you asleep, Andrew? No, I'm over here. I'm listening to everything <laughs> you guys got to say. Well, you got to say something, man. You're the light of this podcast. I doubt that I'm the light. <laughs> you keep it interesting. No, I just, I don't have hardly anything to say. So my grandpa, he always told me, he said, if you're quiet, people are naturally going to believe that you're smart. <laughs> he said, don't open your mouth and get prove them wrong. <laughs> well, I see you as a very smart guy, so. Well, I'm not saying that to say I'm not smart or anything like that. Because in my own pride, I definitely think I am smart. <laughs> right, yeah, that's right. I think but, you're smart, too. I, don't know, I just don't have anything to say, so. <laughs> well, Put it off. is that a wrap then? July the 4th, man. Don't be ashamed to celebrate July the 4th for the men and the women who made the sacrifice so that we could have all the freedoms that we have today. That's a big sacrifice, man. And it was worth it. And, and thank the king. Yep. And do something good with it. Thank you for listening to the League of Logic podcast. We hope that something said has caused you to think and caused you to look for the truth. We want you to know it. If you need some help in getting on the path to truth, check out our website. We have some study tools that cover some of the basic topics that are the foundation of this podcast. Definitely check those out. 
uh, please send us a comment or a question. You can find a contact page on our website as well because we'd love to hear from you. Also, a rating review on the podcast. Definitely a subscribe button on the channel would help us out a lot in getting the word out. Also, as a reminder, we do have a store you can access on the website as well. You can buy t-shirts, hoodies, hats, stuff like that. That would support us a lot in what we're doing. Thank you again for listening to the League of Logic podcast. We hope you have a wonderful Independence Day, and we look forward to you tuning in on the next episode.